Greetings, sidekicks and henchfolk out there in the Geek Nation, and welcome to the inaugural episode of our brand new podcast, Fresh, Fresh Floppies. Floppies. On this year's show, we're going to discuss the freshest single-issue comics hitting the shelves of your local comic shop this week. Not last week. Not, not next week. Not a preview of next week. We yeah. don't care about next week yet until it's yeah. this week. But this week <laughs> is this week, and next week is not this week. We're living in the now. We're living in the now. So... This morning, over a fresh cup of coffee, uh, do a sip. <sighs> we're going to review a few comics, as well as mention some of the other books that we're hitting shelves this week that we are excited about. My name is Noel, and joining me today is... JD, Johnny Destructo of Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex, a comic shop in Main Street, Maniunk. Where we are uh, getting all of these fresh floppies. That's right. <laughs> and where You're you welcome. should get your fresh floppies. Uh, JD, I have a, uh, a question for you. A nice breaker. Oh. Uh, a nice little uh, amuse-bouche before we get into nice. the uh, uh, meat of the show. What is your favorite place to read through a fresh stack of floppies? Oh, that is a good question, right? I, I, I didn't, mm. I didn't give him this question beforehand, everybody. Right, so now I got to flounder for an answer. It's, uh, vamp, um, vamp, vamp, I, vamp, listen, vamp, it's vamp. not the toilet. Uh, it's not yeah, the toilet. Too, it, you know what? It's too moist of an it's, atmosphere. It's anywhere you put, it could be wet. Listen, Any I'm a sprayer. You know what I mean? So like, uh, I try to hit the bowl, but like that's secondary. Your your inability to aim is yeah. is is irregardless, legendary, irregardless of your inability to aim. <laughs> Every surface of a bathroom, yeah. no matter how clean, yeah. is suspect. Yeah, because someone bit. could even like splash clean water. Mm-hmm. You can't push, you can't put the book down anywhere. Um, so uh, I kind of just like sitting on my couch. Mm-hmm. I've got a bunch of lights that I turn on, and I sit on my couch. And I've got a nice little comforter, like a couch couch. What do you call it? One of those real soft. Shay. Sure. Um, and I get under that, and I read my book that way. Yeah, oh, it's not a shay. That's not a, a shay. Is a goddamn chair. Um, uh, like Just a, a little blanket, like a, like a little blanket. Little soft. Uh, let's call it your whoopie. Let's call it your floppy my whoopie. whoopie. My your floppy, floppy whoopie. whoopie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Where do you like to read your floppies? Uh, well, it's wonderful you asked, JD. I did not prepare an answer. Um, <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> it is weird, isn't it? Uh, you know what? I do most of my reading. It's not my favorite place to read. Uh, floppies but i do 99 percent of my reading in bed yeah like before bed i will like have a stack next to my nightstand and just like plow through five or six issues all right follow-up question yeah do you have a i think it's called a husband pillow or do you just like lay on your belly with your feet up in the air like a, like <laughs> I, a teenager I go, flipping through i go a... under the blankets with a flashlight <laughs> <laughs> my wife not a fan yeah uh no <laughs> No, um, I it's 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 super basic. It's three pillows, mm-hmm. and the third pillow I fold in half under my neck. Yeah, yeah. and just kind of prop up. Gotcha. Um, there is a point usually uh, third book. Usually mm-hmm. third book, I've sunk too low. Yeah, yeah. And I have to readjust in order to yeah. breathe. Yeah, the skirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I I would recommend a husband. Not a husband. Is that what it's called? A husband. I don't pillow? know. Maybe it's I used a boyfriend pillow. A, I used to call him a brother pillow, and my wife was like, "What? <laughs> You're what? <laughs> a guy pillow? Yeah. Dude pillow? Pillow pillow? You know, it's like a little pillow that kind of comes around and hugs your." Uh, your sides a little bit. Yeah. Well, I oh so when I was growing, maybe this is like a where I grew up thing. Uh, maybe it's regional language, right? Mm. Um, I used to call them wedge pillows. Oh, that does make more sense than like a it wedge like of just a like, gender. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's my spousal pillow. Yeah. <laughs> it's my significant other pillow. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. So, 
Um, I mean, I guess we were supposed to talk about comics this week, so let's do it. Well, um, I mean, do, pe- do the people know? Listen. What's a floppy? A floppy is a single issue that comes out. It doesn't have to be a monthly. It could be a weekly. But it is generally stapled together instead of perfect bound, which has a nice little crisp, ed- um, you know, um, uh, rectangle to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are... Issues that come out generally around what twenty three pages ish. Uh, I think the take? the big two standard is twenty. Mm-hmm. Um, independent. Some are twenty two. Some are twenty eight. Lately, I think like all, all. That's why the price variation is crazy. Mm. The, um, I know Tom King's Tom King and uh, Smallwood's um, Human Target is yeah. 28 pages oh okay but they like fought for 28 pages because yeah. they're very popular creators but mm-hmm. the standard is like it's it, the next issue of avengers 20 pages gotcha yeah. yeah so that's a floppy some people call them issues some people call them floppies they call them monthlies um and then once there are maybe five or six floppies they will create what's called a trade paperback which is just a collection of the previously released floppies yeah uh you know what this is um it's a really good segue in order to get into kind of uh, what I was hoping we could achieve with a quick show like this. Mm-hmm. Or um, every week talking about the freshest of comic books. I think comics themselves is a genre that um, I personally just effing adore. Yeah, I adore all formats of it, mm-hmm. and I think that there's some uh, factions or contingents of fandom that kind of push one format over the other yeah, or I've get noticed. really really get really defensive about their preferred format mm-hmm. meanwhile i'm over here in stacks of uh single issue comics as well as trade paperbacks as well as omnibuses as well as treasury editions as mm-hmm. well as gallery editions as well yeah. as absolutes it's like it it doesn't matter however i do feel there is something um special about um, the immediacy of floppy comics, mm-hmm. you know, like we're these are these are these are soap operas, these are serials, these are these are our stories, right? So, yeah. getting them immediately off the shelves as they're happening and having to wait weeks in, uh, between each chapter, there's something about the artistry of that that I miss when I read these larger collections. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's some writers I do I feel that some writers write really really well to issues. Some write really, really well to collected editions, mm-hmm. and that's something you don't discover unless you read both. Right? Yeah. 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 Uh, did you you had a question earlier? Did you do you want to do that in the next episode? Question about floppies. Why? Oh, why we're doing this? Yeah, oh, this is the perfect first episode conversation. Yeah. yeah. Um, when I just started, when I started uh, really getting comics, and I'm not, I'm not only talking about like when I discovered them at a supermarket. Right. When I had my own income and wanted to go purchase books. Yeah. Um, if there was a show like this that talked about the books on the racks this week within like a day of them coming out. That didn't spoil them. That didn't spoil them. We are not going to spoil books. We're going to talk about plots vaguely and things we liked and disliked but we're not going to spoil the main thrust of books because the point of this show is to maybe inspire you on your way to the shop to maybe highlight something you were excited about and you doubly excited or something you hadn't heard about yet and we're like you should give this a shot with your extra four dollars yep um, and as a comic shop owner, how do you feel about that goal? Oh, it's a good goal. <laughs> I like that goal, baby. Um, 
When I was growing up, like you had said, you get your first comic book maybe at the checkout line at Acme or Seven uh, Eleven, the Spinner Rack, a, get... a busted Spinner Rack. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, but when I started having an allowance, the joy of comic books for me, and I'm an old, I'm an old head at this point. So the 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 youngins out there might not realize that when I was growing up, trade paperbacks were not really a thing. Mm. There were graphic novels, but as far as collections of stories that uh, they would put out so that for the, for ease of purchase, you know, you'd have to go digging through back issue. I had to go digging through back issue bins to find stuff. Uh, but getting my allowance, going to the comic book store and grabbing the, the freshest floppies on the shelf was th- my week's um, uh, highlight. Loved it. So, uh, and to this day, I like reading the weekly books. And we used to do a podcast called Spoiler yeah. Alert where we would review the week's books and there were much more of them. And we would spoil them and everything like that. But um, I found that even as a listener, if there were things that I wasn't caught up on, I would like, oh, I got to pause this. I don't want to listen to it anymore because I fanboy would be talking about a, yeah. a series that I wasn't caught up on yet. So I would stop listening. So... We thought it would be better if we just had a version of that where we don't spoil the books, but you still get uh, little inklings here and there of what, yeah, how we're I, feeling. There's a there's a there's a sense of of comic shop talk uh, when you're just at the shop talking about like excitedly talking about with the store or other people there about mm-hmm. things that are that are that are just hitting the shelves or about to hit the shelves or or you're excited to try. That's what we want to try and capture with this show. Perfect. You do not have to be well-versed on every single damn thing that's happening in all of the books. We are not going to ruin things. We just want to talk about fresh books. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, I like that. Yeah. It's a, it's the feeling of being in the shop, talking to the person working yeah. there and getting excited about stuff. That's And you know what? Um, with that in mind, goals set, let's dive in. Do I, 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 I'm giving you, so a uh, 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 peek behind the sausage curtain. Um, um, neither of we didn't read the same books. We kind of chose which ones we wanted to. Some of them will overlap, but we're just going to try and convince each other to read these books. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we will have a rating system. We'll reveal it later. But, uh, JD, you have the honors of the first fresh floppy we're going to talk about today. All right. I'm going to get kicking off with Superman, which is part of DC's new initiative, Dawn of DC. And this is Superman number one. The Man of Steel back in action, and it is by Joshua Williamson on the pen, on the um on the, on the typewriter with <laughs> artist and cover artist Jamal Campbell, who is a current favorite of mine. He uh, is hot off of the heels of Naomi and uh, Naomi Two, as well as Far Sector, one of my favorite Green Lantern series. And I am not historically a Superman guy, but Something about this Dawn of DC, the promo images and stuff like that, actually got me kind of stoked. I have really been enjoying The Son of Kal-El as my Superman book recently uh, because Supes has been off its, uh, in space and he's just now coming back and kicking off his new series. So the first thing I want to get started on is presentation. The cover by Jamal Campbell is delightful. I do think his Superman facial features are a little strange looking. It's like a round jaw, not necessarily a square jaw. It's Yeah, his, his face, as it goes, it gets better, but like... Right off on the cover, it's a it's a gorgeous cover, and we've got the Lex Tower, which generally has a big L, uh, now has a big Superman symbol. So that's a what little, does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's basically all of um, the main characters of the book 
sitting on the buildings of Metropolis, giant sized. Mm-hmm. And it's just a really striking cover. It's really nice. The paper is uh, thicker and glossier than the interior, which I like. Lately, Marvel has been putting out books that feel like the interiors and the cover are the same mm-hmm. almost, uh, which leads to a lot of potential damages. Mm-hmm. But that's the presentation. It looks good right off the shelf. I'm excited about it. It even has a nice um, Dawn of DC um, banner banner up top with a nice little uh, S-shield. So I was excited to dive into this. I did it a couple days ago, and it is delightful. I, off the bat, I'm going to be reading this book until it gives me a reason not to. Joshua Williamson is not a writer that I historically enjoy. He, I, I generally find him a little boring. He had a long run on The Flash, which was fine. He did Dark Crisis, which was fine. Felt a little pointless. But this, he's, kick, he's kicking it off uh, in high gear. I think it's a lot of fun. You read this book. I did, I did. Um, did you want to chime in? Yeah, I, um, I, I did double your sentiments a little bit. Um, I, there's a handful of writers um, that I just don't jive with. Um, we'll probably touch on them over the course of the episodes. Uh, Joshua Williams is one of them. Um, a lot of the stories of his that I've read start hella strong. Uh-huh. And either I lose interest, I lose track, or um, I feel like they just kind of meander. Yeah. Like Birthright. Do you remember Birthright? No. Excellent. Like where the, the kid was... Oh, that was him. The barbarian kid. And yeah, I do. The image book. Amazing first chunk. And yeah. then it went on for like... 500 issues and yeah. I completely lost the thread oh. and I heard I forgot that yeah. that was Joshua Williamson yeah. the first volume's great that's as far yeah. as I got yeah exactly like there's yeah. something about my uh, my alchemy with Joshua Williams writing where I just can't I just don't stay on it I don't know yeah. why um, so I really have high hopes for this he seems to be like this era's Jeff Johns like he's everywhere in, in regards to DC like output DC's output gotcha yeah, the big two usually have like some, you know, heartthrob writers yeah. that they that, that do <laughs> they all of the. They can't see big... it, but I gave you a "How dare you, sir?" <laughs> look when you said that. <laughs> not, not yeah, in, not I, in I like a uh, 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 efficiency effort and or output. Uh, just like in general, like the the hot shots at yeah. the big two. DC right now, it seems like the hot shot writer is Joshua Williamson. Yeah. He just did their big event. He's on their big book. He's about to launch like two other books with them. It just it seems like everything is coming up Joshua Williamson. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to being proven wrong about that track record because it's happened before personally. Yeah, I know personally it ha- he, uh, JD just showed me a, a splash page, um, of Superman savings. Uh, oh, well, this I'm showing this to you because this is how you do Superman's origin in a book. Fuck, you know, a hundred years after yeah. <laughs> Superman's been introduced. It's a, a splash page where they just show you up. Oh, uh, there's his parents. Rocket ship, landing, uh, growing up, meeting, looks like Lex Luthor in Smallville uh-huh. at a chess tournament, and then him saving someone in the current time, which is in a different color scheme. All in reflections awesome. off of his cape that's yeah. flowing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like it's it's um it's a very impressive book. But just in general, the idea that uh, Josh Williamson does, seems like he's going to be around for a little while. Mm-hmm. I'm really enjoying the DC books that have come out, like the larger DC books that have been coming out. Mm-hmm. So I want to love this. And also, too... I'm not a big Superman guy. No. Like just random runs here and there are really fun or yeah. random minis are here and th- but I'm not a it's Superman's in it. Let's go. Yeah. Like I'm not I, Randy. No, I'm not from, Randy. From our other podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um so I loved it. And also Jamal Campbell. 
I'm I come at things a little bit more uh, pessimistic mm-hmm. than you do, uh, which is why you're a wonderful balance for me. I know how amazing Jamal Campbell is, mm-hmm. and I know how long it takes for him to <laughs> do, do a, a book. Issue, yeah. Um, he usually only works in miniseries, like mm-hmm. six a year or twelve over a year and a half kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so I. I, I get scared of like, oh, so we're we only going to get three Jamal Campbell issues and yeah. then like 14 felons. Yeah. Um, but I really, really hope that this was had a lead time. Mm-hmm. It's very strong. His art is amazing. Uh, this is a great issue. Now, perfect time to introduce our rating system. JD, I'm going to run through them with you. Yes. Would you label this floppy? Mm-hmm. Very fresh? Mm-hmm. Pretty fresh? Fresh enough? Or barely fresh. What's the first one? Very fresh. This is very fresh. It's very fresh? I, th- th- this yeah. Is this may be the best book I've read so far. Now, to, to be fair, I haven't read all of the books that came out. But this is the one I'm actually surprisingly the most excited by. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, the, the story is great. Lex Luthor and what he chooses to do in his war against Superman in this is something I've never seen before. Yeah. And is very, very charming and made me smile quite a bit. I'm like, oh, Lex, you son of a whatnot. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this this is very fresh. Ah, this is the, fr- the freshest. The freshest. The yeah. freshest of books. I would agree. I would agree. Oh, this nice. is a very fresh first issue. Um, let's, I'm, I'm going to do a book now. I'm going to do Your a turn. book. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about uh, a book that only I read, and I feel like only I am reading. <laughs> In the world. At all. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to talk about... Um, Black Adam number eight of twelve, written by Priest Christopher Priest, with art by Eddie Barrows. Mm-hmm. Oh, I believe it's Eddie Barrows. Eddie Barrows, yeah, yeah he's great. So if we're gonna if we're gonna um, talk about um, presentation first, mm-hmm. slightly thicker cover. However, the pages are the old kind of newspaper pages. Oh, okay, yeah. Slight, um, slight grain to it. Yeah, we're we're um, with modern comics mostly, especially the big two. We're very used to everything being glossy yeah. for better or worse. This has uh, newspaper or grainy pages. Um, I'm not sure if I love it or hate it. It's it's very evocative of you know comics I used to read before. Mm-hmm. Um, they will yellow over time. Yeah, but over oh, very long time. Yeah, I, I feel like not uh, next week. Yeah, I, it's I, I sometimes. Um, Sometimes I gotta say I do appreciate the um, the newspaper print mm-hmm. quality a little bit better. Uh, yeah. It's it's better for pagination, like actually like turning the pages. Oh, yeah. while I lay down, feels versus, nice on my fingers. Yeah, versus like the yeah. of uh, <laughs> of uh, glossy. The so gloss, yeah. this book, I'm I'm a I'm a uh, a late stage fan of Christopher Priest's yeah. writing. I was I did not read a lot of it 20, 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. It just was never on my radar. Um, but very recently I started reading a, a lot of his stuff or going back and reading some of his stuff, the, um, Deathstroke run, oh, uh, yeah. pieces of it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to read all of it eventually. And on a whim, I don't know why everyone was talking about his Vampirella comic. What? I've never read Vampirella in my whole damn life. Uh, okay. And also too, I hate the aesthetic of Vampirella. Yeah, man. It's, it seems yeah. as though it's, it's just... Cheesecake with no quality. Yeah. It's However, not a book I would want to read on the bus. It's not a book I'd want to like read in public at all. Yeah, You're right. Yeah. However, 
It's been around for... 30, 40? Yeah. Since the 70s, I think, right? And one of my favorite writers, who I know is not a, a, a sellout or a chump, is now writing, like, controlling all of Vampirella. So yeah. I, went and, I went and bought the first trade. Holy shit. Really? Holy shit. Wow. It, I, I, That's I, a good holy shit. Yeah, it's yeah. a good holy shit. Um, picked up the second trade immediately. Um, I'm upset because the third and fourth trades uh-huh. of the rest of his, like first act of his run i'm doing this with air quotes apparently yeah. he's on it for years and it moved into a different title they're they're they keep getting pushed back so like oh. i'm sitting here like wanting to finish the story i can't yeah. um it's wild so i'm i'm now picking up whatever christopher priest i can find including his black adam limited series uh for dc yeah this is a weird book yeah i am enjoying it but i also don't understand it oh yeah. Okay. Um, it's a very, very complicated slash complex book. First of all, it doesn't feel like the Black Adam that is currently in the DC universe. Mm. The very first issue, you see him depowered at an embassy meeting being a jerk because he is the the ambassador slash ruler of um, Kondok. Yeah. So he's actually at a UN meeting. Mm-hmm. And like, and he, his, I, I don't remember ever seeing a modern version of his depowered form. Yeah, it's, it's cool. Uh, and he's oh, a bit depowered. Of a, you mean like yeah. he's not just like he, big buff Black Adam. He's no. like the the scrawny guy, scrawny ish, uh, yeah. with floppy hair. Like he, yeah. he looks like a Loki ish, like a twerp. Oh, okay, um, interesting. But then. Uh, the the whole impetus of the first issue, like again, we're on issue eight. The whole impetus of the first issue is that he seems to have some sort of like, um, he fights with Dark Side for some reason, uh, but it's in his head and blah blah blah. But then he wakes up with some sort of skin condition that keeps growing and is killing him. Oh, he goes to a hospital. Like he is seeking his heir, uh, any kind of familial heir, because he is like, it I'm affecting die. his his Black Adam personality as well. His, it's not, it's his, not affecting. His no, or just his deep power. It's it's. It looks like he's got a skin rash that looks like lava going up his arm, and it's going to take him over completely. So yeah. he's trying to find an heir to give off his power before he dies. Interesting. Um, huh. Searching, he finds um, a young doctor or pre med doctor by the name of Malik. Gives him his power, doesn't give him any explanation, and he pieces out. Malik, oh. being a doctor now completely powered is like i think i'm just gonna try and cure you anyway so like the whole first six issues which is coming out in trade Mm -hmm. uh very soon which i would i would suggest reading okay um is a back and forth of malik figuring these things out and we see kind of a lot of more history of black adam and the big bads of this book which is not i don't think is a spoiler at this point are mesopotamian gods huh. like a whole other, a different hierarchy of a set of gods yeah. so like we're talking sargon of akkad anu um all of these gods that i've never heard of before so this say. is this is like um me reading it and being like i get what's going on in the book but the way that christopher priest writes mm. he does not explain things to you he's just like this person's name is this and they do this and you can tell that there's some sort of thing connection that's smart that you're supposed to understand and unless you're caught up on your mesopotamian Mesopotamian hierarchy (laughs) um maybe you're not getting there yeah yeah um but like with the extra work it's reading really well and it's very fun in a way yes there is a there is a barrier yeah gotcha (laughs) 
if you want to poke at it, mm-hmm. it's really, really enjoyable. If you want only to read comics that are like, woohoo, and yeah. I'm out, yeah. maybe this isn't the book for you. But going back to kind of talking about comics reading better in issue or trade, yeah, I am reading this in issues. I think this would read a lot better collected. Uh, okay. Because it is a lot of information and a lot of new information and the way that Christopher Priest kind of like lays it out, not linearly, not over-explanatory, not super exposition, I think it would read better collected. Okay. Yeah. Uh, But I I would recommend this book. We get to see Black Adam uh, before he became Black Adam. There's a a Mighty Adam version. He did have kind of a... A, a phase in his life where he he wasn't a hero so much as he was subservient to the pharaohs as per his job description, gotcha. period. So just like a champion of the people. Malik does eventually kind of grow into his ability to wield these powers, and he dubs himself Bolt. So hmm. we have a new kind of member of the Shazam family or yeah. the Black Adam family, I guess, now. Um, Malik is a great character. Yeah. Um, he now has the illness... Uh, that was um, affecting Black Adam early Uh-oh. in the series. So it's it's this is a really strong book, but I hesitate to just off the rack give it to anyone that isn't willing to kind of do the work. Right. That's gotcha. all. Gotcha. But like this, I, I I enjoy it. This is one of the first things I pick up every week. Now it's slowly kind of creeped into my That's skin. That's great. Yeah. That's a nice book. surprise. Uh, yeah, Christopher Priest or just Priest, as it says in the <laughs> yeah. in the credits. And Eddie Barrows and Ibar Ferreira are and Montos, three different artists. Uh, yeah, it jumps around in time a lot. Um, yeah. It is not a jarring switch of artists. Mm-hmm. It all kind of gels together. I think it's because one of those names you listed is an inker, right? Um, no. No? No. Ah, oh, damn. Maybe, maybe. Um, Either way, it's yeah. it's it's a multiple artists and have been multiple artists most of this run, but it does, it works. It works a lot. I think Eddie Barros has been on the whole thing, but just... Eddie Barros is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your rating? Ratings. Pretty fresh. Pretty fresh. That's Only, the second one down? The second one down. Yeah, okay. pretty fresh. Only because I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying it, but... It doesn't have that kind of like, like Superman you can give to literally anyone. Yeah. If they know how to read, that's the book for you. Mm-hmm. This is a, this is a, there's a couple more barriers of entry in this gotcha. one. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, I'm going to keep us going with Blue Book number one from Dark Horse Comics uh, by James Tynan IV, Avon Oming, and Michael Avon Oming, I should say, and uh, a backup by... Klaus Janssen. No, that's what? Klaus Janssen? Pencils too? Um, James Tynan on the backup with art by Klaus Janssen. No kidding. Klaus Janssen has really stepped up his game in the past. Uh... <laughs> wow, that is so much better than Klaus Janssen that I'm used to. Klaus Janssen, for anyone who doesn't know, is um, was the longtime anchor of Frank Miller on books like Dark Knight Returns, uh, Dark Knight Strikes Again, his Daredevil run. Uh, he was always there, basically inking Frank Miller whenever he needed an inker. Does he always? Doesn't he ink the Mermitas a lot? Too? Well, now yeah, it's just he, junior. yes, yeah, he did. The, yes, he he, yeah. Jr. 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 Senior, yeah, or Jr. Junior. Uh, so anyway, Blue Book is a new. It's I, I don't want to say horror, even though James Tynan is basically a horror author at this point, but it is a UFO book. 
Uh, and presentation is, this is why I wanted to do presentation as part of my review. I picked this book up. It has a super glossy, super thick cover, which at first glance, you're like, ooh, this is nice. But then as soon as you touch it, as soon as I laid hands on this book, I went, oh, fingerprints. Oh, I, I, I think it should be noted too. So like, I, I think some people, they're familiar with acetate covers, you know, yeah. like the the clear plastic cover yeah. that's got something on one side and the other mm -hmm. side. This is not quite that, but yeah. it's almost that much. Yeah. And it's only dark black and blue. light blue with some white. So yeah. anywhere that there's black, you're, you're going to see fingies. Finger, little fingies, little, little fingy yeah. pads, little floppy fingies. <laughs> um, that being said, uh, it's a lovely cover. The presentation is wonderful. Michael Avon Oming, as you said earlier before we were recording, he seems to shine with a monochromatic palette as far as the colors. So if you read any of the Parker novels that, mm -hmm. um, oh, what's his name? Um, uh, Darwin Cook. Darwin Cook had done. It's basically black and white inks with splashes of blue. Mm -hmm. And it's a gorgeous looking book. I'm not a big fan of Michael Avon Oming, but this suits him just fine. I love this. I think once you start using realistic colors or, or a full color palette on Michael Avon Oming, it sort of shines a light on maybe some of his <clears throat> stylistic shortcomings. None of that problem here. Very nice looking book. My problem with it is that it is, who would you say, a moosh bouche? It's a, it's a, yeah, moose bouche. Uh, it's a, a little, an hors d'oeuvre. Yeah. Hors d'oeuvre. It's a hors d'oeuvre. Yeah. Um, it is not a full story. It is split down the middle between the, um, uh, th these two people who are driving, uh, they've gone on a little vacation, this, this couple, in 1961, I want to say. Yep. Tuesday, September 1961, when Betty and Barney Hill began the long drive home to Portsmouth, New Hampshire, from their modest holiday in Montreal. They stop at a diner, they get some food, and they're taking the back, the back route because, um, oh, for reasons. And um, they are an African-American couple, so of course that gets them a little, a few glances at the diner but then the rest of the story just takes place with them driving home on a very long drive and they start to see something in the air following them and luckily the woman's got binoculars i guess back then you just traveled with binoculars and so she keeps wanting to pull over and look at this thing that is following them up in the air near the moon um and of course it's a ufo no spoilers there it's right on the cover but uh then it just stops um, so I was familiar with this book. I haven't, I've not read this issue. Mm -hmm. However, I have been familiar with this book for a couple of months because last year I was a member of T Tynion's Substack. Substack. Mm -hmm. This was released for like premier members, which I wasn't. This was released free for a bit. Um, and the impetus of the book or like the, the these are real stories. Ah, that is important information that I didn't have. Yeah, so these are these are apparently like he was obsessed. It's written that way. He was obsessed. So like the idea obsessed with like real stories of of uh, sightings. Mm. So they the intent with the two creators is to make this almost documentary style. Okay. Uh, with very little exaggeration or huh. uh. Enhancement and yeah, from them as the create like to, to do it as as a kind of 
straightforward as possible to make it even creepier. See, that's interesting. I like that. So, uh, I mean, is that, it, with that context, is it more effective? Yeah, yeah. yeah? It's very cool. Uh, as, as someone writing a story, mm-hmm. I would have expected a little bit more. Um, I do think uh, the, the, it, it ends on a cliffhanger. And then it immediately <clears throat> goes to, without any information, it goes to a black and white beach setting. And I'm going... Okay, is this part of the same story? Is this, it's a different artist, clearly. Now I know it's Klaus Janssen. Is it a flashback? And that's why it's in a different style? That I don't it's know. It's completely black and white with some uh, zipatone effects on it. And then the next page is True Weird presents Coney Island. So that's how I know, oh, I see. This is a, not, not a backup because it's half the issue. It's the other half of the issue, which is a completely different story. So... Um, a little bit of information on the back of this book would have been nice where all my fingerprints are on the black of space (laughs) Uh, a little a little blurb here that says james tynan brings you true stories of the weird or something like that Mm. um that would have been great but um so not knowing what we know yeah how would you how would you feel this book i would feel like maybe this is one you read in a collection so fresh enough or fresh fresh enough Fresh I enough. would say fresh enough. And I was not blown away, even though Tynan, one of my current favorite writers. Friendly Neighborhood, uh, James Tynan the Fourth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, household name. Household name, <laughs> James Tynan the Fourth. Um, I, as I think it bears repeating, we are only uh, judging is the wrong word. We are only kind of discussing these as single issue comics. So this might end up being one of the greatest. Trade, paper trade paperbacks ever yeah. but as a first issue with a with without the context that we have because mm-hmm. we're just like seeped in this shit might be a little hard of a first issue yeah but as as a retailer who wants to sell it now that i have that information i can go oh it. hey do you like ufo true tales of ufos and stuff like that mm-hmm. here you go or unexplained what have you phenomena these are true Re- really needs to say something on the book yeah um, th- this gave me nothing um, but now that I have that information, good. <laughs> and also too, I, the, there's, there's a, there's some names on there creatively. There's some names on there that you could yes. very easily yeah. gain more trust. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Like we're going to give more space to somebody like Tynan than we would a name that we don't even know. For sure. Yeah. That's just the reality of, yeah. Yeah. Adjusting pop culture. Um, so I'm going to talk really briefly about Betsy Braddock, Captain Britain, number one. Mm. Um, this is a new number one from Marvel Comics written by Teeny Howard with art by Gregoriev. Let me see what first. Uh, Georgiev? Uh, Georgiev? I don't know. It is Vasco Georgiev. Yeah. I'm not familiar with them, but I actually really do like their art. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a number one. Um, really, it's a number like. 35 yeah. 42 um yeah. starting with i would say excalibur then legion of x 24 and now, issues of excalibur yeah. five issues of knights of x five oh, issues knights, of I'm legion sorry. of x um and now um issue one of betsy braddock cat in britain mm-hmm. um the art is beautiful mm-hmm. Pres- oh let's do presentation presentation yes. the uh, you had you had mentioned before there are some big two books where the cover almost feels just like another page this is mm-hmm. one of them. So you could, I, I, this has been outside of uh, the uh, the the bag and board for about five seconds, and I can already see in the light the um, bubbling of the paper. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it hurts my heart. Quick, it's quick me. aside. Yeah, if I may, while we're on the presentation, mm-hmm. this book, which has basically an interior page, I would say an interior page with like a slight hint of gloss on the outside. Hint. Um, four ninety nine. 
That's I didn't understand either. It is a little thicker. There's, there are more pages. This is more than 20 pages. I think this mm-hmm. is actually 28. Um, oh. I'm sorry, I'm looking at all that. I'm looking so, at my copy of Blue So Book. this is a reason of an upcharge via, uh, for length. Yeah. Not, oh, okay. Yes. Not for presentation. Yeah. Because Blue Book, also $4.99, feels like a thicker book, better presentation all around. Mm-hmm. And Superman, Dawn of DC, $4.99. Thicker. Thicker, better cover. Yeah. Sorry, um, go on. I, I mean, I um, I don't know to tell you, but I do. It does feel more like a th- closer to thirty pages than it is twenty. Okay. Um, well, then that 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 counts for it. Uh, it. The art is beautiful. I really like this artist. I'm not familiar with them. I will probably um, uh, pin their name in my head um, as to somebody to not avoid and or seek out. Mm-hmm. Um, they have like touches of Emmanuel Lupicino in here a mm-hmm. little bit, uh, but a- some of the faces are a little wonky. But you could kind of say the same thing a little bit about like a Dan Mora on some state. Like, oh, uh, well, yeah. Okay. So you showed me the one that was bad. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Either way, it is yeah. very competent art. It is yes, very well yes. done. Very there of are, the Marvel art style. There are no storytelling issues with no. the sequential art at all. True. It's great. Yeah. Um, the issues I had with the book are the fact that I, it was so hard to read. Um, this is so not for me. Yeah. <laughs> and not because I don't love Betsy Braddock, not because I don't love uh, the Captain Britain Corps, um, not because I don't love Otherworld, just because this long form story lost me so long ago because it was so complicated. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just in presentation. Like, these aren't hard, these aren't difficult um topics themes the idea of other world cool over there a captain britain corps traverses all of the multiverse a captain britain t- for protection mm-hmm. they all work out of the citadel including this- a tyrannosaurus rex captain britain yeah I th- uh it was captain britannica i think it was yeah yeah, yeah. um this is wacky. It's fun. Britannica Rex, I think. Britannica Rex. It's, <laughs> yeah, it it should, this should be more playful. Yeah. And it does not read that way. Mm-hmm. And it also, there is so much dialogue. Yo. I, I was going to make a joke about the four ninety nine price tag, and I guess they were charging per word. It's, I, there are, I know there are people that absolutely adore this run of books. I read yeah. the first two, I read the first like 20 issues of Excalibur mm. and it was the same issue for me where I wanted to love all the characters and I, and, and if you just explained to me the plot, I'd be like, that sounds cool. Yeah. The practice was just so arduous for me yeah. as a reader. Um, and this has continued to be more of the same. So I would say, um, I would, I would say this book is for me fresh enough because it's not for me. Right. Um, there, but there are people like this book has continued on. I mean, it's it's been renamed twice, but it's the same thread. Yeah. There when are I readers have subscribers for this book. For, um, what was the first one? Excalibur. Excalibur. I automatically knew to put them on to Knights of X, X, X and, then and then now to Brett, Betsy Braddock because it's following the, the same through line. There are huge fans of this. Yeah. So yeah. I like no knock, but sometimes you come across something and it's like, it's not my speed. Yeah. And yeah, this yeah. is not my speed. May I? Please. All right. I also read this book. And at, at first glance, I love the way that they bring me into the world. And I have not read Excal- since Excalibur, since mm-hmm. the early issues of Excalibur. Three, three four and a half years, years ago. ago at this point. Directly after House of X. 
And the way they bring us in with her being the new Captain Britain yeah. is Cross of Swords with Reginald Cross. And it's this seemingly conservative um, uh, interview show. Yeah. Uh, like Crossfire sort yeah. of thing where they bring on two separate people and have them go at each other. And uh, then... There is a page of text from The Reflector, also a conservative news rag um, from the UK. Um, written very well, feels uh, on point. And then we're introduced to Britannica Rex. And I went, okay, all right, this is delightful. I have, I have a grasp that she's the new Captain Britain. There's a there's a kind of like a Carol core, but it's um, the Captain Britain core. Multiversal, I'm in. Oh, she shows up. She's here with Rachel Summers, who used to have a different designation, is now called Ascani. Mm-hmm. Um, what was her name before? She's had like four names. Yeah, she's had so many. Um, I'm, I think I preferred her last one, even though I don't remember it, because Ascani doesn't roll off the tongue. <laughs> um, and they are a couple. They live together. Oh, great. Oh, that's kind of cool. And then she's able to use, she previously had the Phoenix Force, and she's able to now summon, despite not having the Phoenix Force, summon multiversal uh, energy from different phoenixes. Oh, cool. To, and I'm like, this is bang on, man. This is awesome. And then we get, oh, another page of text. Okay, and then we get the credits. Oh, and then, oh, geez, another another page of text. Oh, okay. Um, Did you read these, these whew, text pages? I read them up until the last page of text, and then I went, okay, so, no, I know what that thing is. I don't need to read that. I didn't know what this thing is. So, like, there is a, this is awesome in theory. Mm. Um, it is a full page of text explaining characters that appeared in the 1970s and 80s Captain Britain series because they're about to introduce them or did just introduce them in this comic. I had no idea who they were, so I was like, oh, this is really cool. But it reads like a Wikipedia page, and I was just, I struggled through it. I couldn't do it. Yeah, I I gave up. (laughs) Um, And then that's when we kind of hit the slog Mm -hmm. of just walls of text bubbles. Word bubbles, lots of conversation, which is all necessary, I guess. But I think the thing that struck me halfway through this, I was like, oh, this is a sword and sorcery book Mm -hmm. with different kingdoms. This is Game of Thrones, where we have the different kingdoms and different families all at war with each other. Mm -hmm. And that sort of helped me get a grasp on what this book is. And I mean, it makes obvious me saying it out loud. I'm like, obviously, that's what it's going to (laughs) be. But. Yeah, and then we've got the big bag. Is it Morgan Le Fay? Yeah. Yeah, Lady Morgan Le Fay. Um, but I agree there's just a little bit too much dialogue in this book. Um, not that I don't like reading words, but it does get a little bogged down. There's a marriage between art and and scripting that when it's right, they're only saying what they need to. Yes. And when it's slightly off... I'm looking at um, uh, two pages here, and it's just, it's honestly two characters coming home and three other characters greeting them. <laughs> but there are so many word balloons. <laughs> this page that you're looking at, the thing that tickles me is that it's a wall of text onto these two pages, and then these two women who are in love with each other and living with each other and getting ready to go to bed, they start kissing. But they're like, no, we're psychic. We can keep talking. Yeah. They're like, oh, guys, come on. Yeah, they can. <laughs> they continue to have very long conversations <laughs> inside their heads out. while they're making out, Lovely and it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen once. <laughs> no, it happens twice. Yeah. So <sighs> I, I do feel like I just as as a storyteller, like you know, sometimes less is more. Yes. And the fir- this is a you know you you're talking about it. It it 
becomes clear this is a this is an issue this is a tale of two books Mm -hmm. the first half of this issue is a strong entry point for somebody who didn't read the 35 percent i was thinking the freshest then it immediately gets into now we're going to backtrack and 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 bombard you with so much information about Mm -hmm. what you might have missed and not explain 90% of it. Yeah. So the whole scene with Morgan Le Fay, we're getting too far into spoilers at this point, yeah. but there's a whole scene with Morgan Le Fay, three other characters I don't know. One of them has a power I'd never seen or I, I didn't know that they could do. Yeah. And then she does a thing. And then another person with a goatee is there. And I have no idea who they yeah. are. There is so much going on here. And it, the first half of the issue invited me in. The yeah. second half of the issue Build is almost <laughs> its almost like I was invited to a party and you were there and you're having drinks and all of a sudden everyone else starts to have a conversation that you're not in. Yeah. You know how and everyone, I'm like, when you're at a party, there's always a group of friends that just make their way into the kitchen mm-hmm. and they all just hang out in the kitchen together? Yeah. We are not this, in the kitchen with the rest of this book. This book walks into the kitchen. Yeah. yeah. And if, if you're in that group, great. Awesome. Yeah. You're probably loving this. Yeah. I feel like... I should go home. Yeah. yeah. I'm just sitting on the couch, yeah. twiddling my thumbs. Yeah, I'm, I'm tired of looking at my phone. I could do it at yeah. home. Yeah. What a shame. Um, so what rating would you give it? I, I think fresh enough. Fresh because, enough. Because I, I, you could see that there's something in here that is good. It's yeah. just not for me. So fresh enough. What's the one just below fresh enough? Barely fresh. i got to learn these. I'm going to go barely fresh on this one. Right on. Yeah. It's Again, if this is your bag, awesome. Not my bag. Fair enough. Cool. Uh, I'm gonna talk about one more book. Do you have? A, I'm out of books. You're out of books. You're gonna wrap us up, buddy. Um, well, you know what? No, you know what? Let's let's save it. All right. I'm not gonna talk about one more book. Let's talk about. Is there anything else coming out this week that you are excited about? <sighs> My brother, uh, I am excited to catch up on World's Finest from DC Comics by Mark Wade. Oh, and uh, speaking of which, Emmanuel Lupacino. Um, generally, this book is drawn by Dan Mora, one of my top three current artists. The freshest. He, he is the freshest. Um, and it's it's got a cover that's got um, Robin and Supergirl. And Dick Grayson Robin, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. This is, yeah. A lot of this book takes place in the recent past. Like, I think they, it's like a, it's a Mark Wade had said it's like a um, soft 10 years. Great. Five to 10 years. Um, but the, the, a lot of the characterization that I've been enjoying since issue one has been Dick Grayson and Kara, Supergirl. Bickering. Bickering. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this, they're clearly on a date. He is, they, their table is on fire. His cape is smoldering. It's a little bit on fire. And they're both got their hands up going, check, please. This looks so delightful. I can't wait to get to it. I'm still on issue like maybe eight or nine of this series. I'm mm-hmm. excited to catch up on it. I'm also, I see here on the sh- on the table, Nightwing. Nightwing is the one of the best DC books on the shelves right now. If you're not reading Nightwing, I highly recommend it. Quick, quick anecdote. I have a customer, Larry, and he is an older gentleman who uh, hadn't been reading Nightwing. You and I convinced him, you gotta be reading Nightwing. He picked up a bunch of the issues, went home. I got a call yesterday while I was working where he just called to thank us for letting him know about Nightwing. He says it's such a perfect comic. The art by uh, Bruno Redondo is so great. The writing by Tom Taylor is so on point. He had to thank us for putting him onto this book. So if you guys aren't reading Nightwing, highly recommend it. You can go grab the hardcover right now. It's called Leaping Into the Light, my favorite DC book on the shelves right now. And I want to I clarify, it's not giant, big, crazy comic book stuff. It is very down-to-earth. 
It is just consistently excellent. Yeah, um, it's my favorite. <clears throat> it's my favorite Bat book. Um, my favorite, my two favorite books at DC right now are World's Finest and Nightwing. So I am yeah. very excited about those yeah. this week. Some of the other things that I'm kind of um, uh, excited about uh, jumping back into and or are on my list um, are <laughs> Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, okay. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. Sure. I haven't read a single number three. Any of those. Well, two. we were talking about Dan Mora. He supplies the interiors that for mother- this book. How does he draw so much? I don't know. Ugh. He's like a better Bagley. Um, I am very excited for Once Upon a Time at the End of the World. Oh, Jason Aaron. Jason Aaron's Haven't read uh, an issue, with that issue four. It is a very, very interesting book, and I'm mm-hmm. very like I'm, I'm I'm excited to get back into it. And I had just caught up on the first issue of Black Cloak. Yes. And the second issue I comes out this that. week. You did make me do that, yeah. and you were correct. Kelly um, Kelly Thompson. Thompson. I who's forget writing the um, name. I could look it Captain up really Marvel quick. right now. An excellent she's, run on. She's Captain been Marvel. writing Captain Marvel for a hot <laughs> minute Years. now. Yeah, uh, Meredith McLaren is the artist. It is a. Um, it shouldn't feel like if like it's just talking about the the plot of the book. It shouldn't feel as fresh as it as it reads, but yeah. it reads very fresh. It's yeah. essentially a uh, procedural, but with supernatural creatures like fairies and mermaids and stuff. Yeah, but it's it's done in such a. Uh, really fun, interesting, and. Uh, neo noir kind of way. Yeah. It's almost like a cross between this uh, supernatural, like Blade Runner kind of book. But very good. Stylistically, artistically, the uh, the polar opposite. Yeah, it is not a noir looking book. Nope. It reads noir, but the art is very open, spacious, um, light and bright. Yeah, uh, rounded, very yeah. rounded. Like a yeah. lot of the characters are it's a gorgeous. It's, book. You know what? It almost has a little bit of uh, David Lafuente. Oh, for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. like a yep. little chonky, but in a mm-hmm. good way. Less less inks, but yeah, yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Um, so I think that wraps up our first episode. We did it. We did it. Yeah, yes. yeah. Um, my these, coffee's, I can, the last of my coffee is cold. I gotta these it. are uh, a handful of the books that we read and mm-hmm. are very excited about this week. The freshest of the floppies that come yeah. out this week. Um, if you like what we did here, be sure to join us every Wednesday night live on YouTube where we talk about pop culture, news, more comics, movies, review the whole nine with the whole cast. Mm-hmm. It is called the official cult pop podcast. Um, subscribe, like comment, join us and enjoy the yeah. conversation with us this week. We're going to be talking about what well, actually I think when this premiere, this, when this drops, we'll have literally either just recorded or mm-hmm. about to record, but we're going to talk about Ant-Man. Yeah. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Um, and next week, you know, you're going to have to tune in to find out. Yeah. And if there's anything you think we should be reading, please email us at cultpopgo at gmail.com. C-U-L-T-P-O-P-G-O at gmail.com. And let us know what the freshest floppies are that we may not be reading. Yeah, absolutely. This is a two-way conversation. This is an audio exclusive podcast. So if you have the opportunity, leave us a review, like, and communicate with us these yeah. the the whole point of this show is to have a two-way conversation about the freshest things on the shelf yeah. so let's talk about it i'm going to try to make a, a visual element so that we can throw it on youtube i think i'm going to record just going through the books that we've talked about mm-hmm. so because some people just they don't they don't go to itunes or any of that stuff they like to just <gasps> spend all their time on youtube so um yeah but it is mostly visual or i'm um, audio yeah it's an audio podcast yeah that's <clears throat> anyway right. um thanks for joining us thank you jd for coming uh, yeah. to my to my breakfast nook this morning absolutely uh, with your fresh floppies and we will talk at you later do, do, do. <laughs>